The following podcast is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co-op, in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Double Fist Punch Podcast, named such for inefficient ass-beating. I tried to beat somebody up with this, got my ass kicked, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm, don't. Gonna, do. yeah, like, Might be the fact I'm 5'7 and old, but as an I'm going to blame it on the fist punch. <laughs> yes, as an experienced fighter, <laughs> I can say this doesn't work. <laughs> well, I was, it was research. It was yeah. research. So. All right, so, so firstly, I have some housekeeping. Which, All right. Um... So, last episode, I said that there was an email address that you can send feedback to, uh, doublefistpunchpodcast at gmail.com. Turns out, you're only allowed to have a certain number of email addresses in Gmail. Really? Yeah. And so they're like, no, you can't, hmm. you can't uh, verify this. So, How um, many email addresses do you have, bro? Three. You can only have three? I've got like five on my computer. Uh, Gmail addresses? Yeah. Wow. Oh, um, well, we'll have to. Well, yeah, I've got like 716, Urban Cow, my own. But yeah, like four or five. it's okay because we have the same uh, email address, but at yahoo.com. So oh, that's okay. double fist punch yeah. podcast at yahoo.com. So, so reach out because we'd love to hear what you think. <laughs> you can send stuff there. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be sending it to some random person. I have the email address. It's just I can't access it. So oh, it's okay. just going to sit, you know, unlooked at. <laughs> forever. All right, so cool. well, we're we're dressed appropriately. Yes. Well, I, I guess I'm not. I'm 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 like a hundred years into the future. Yes, he is so. ten years into the past. Yes. I am ten years into the past, but also seventy-five years into the literal future. Yes, <laughs> but our shirts came in, and I'm yeah. really happy with mine. Yeah, it's very show accurate, like yeah, especially it, like, on camera, like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I, I mean, it, it, it comes, these are kind of cool for those people that are, I'm not going to endorse the website, but <laughs> these are cool because these are changeable. They have like a zipper, so you can put on the different command uh, grades or with different departments. And then I obviously just ordered the pin, and it didn't come with an undershirt, so I had to buy an undershirt, the, uh, the mock, half mock ch- turtleneck. It looks good, though. No, I'm really happy. I was pretty happy with this. And I've never owned anything like this. You know, my, my, my friends have picked on me over the years, like, you know, even... 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when people used to go to conventions and, you know, put on the fake ears and all that stuff. Now cosplay is such a big thing. Yeah. Back then, you'd get a lot of shit for it. And, um, but I'm like, I've, this is the first time I've ever, I mean, I own t-shirts and sweatshirts and things, but I've never owned, like, a cosplay. So thank you for this. Yeah, this, so. this is, like, the best cosplay cosplay thing I've ever owned. Like, on on camera, well, it doesn't look completely accurate on camera, but, like, I think it it's looks really good though. Pretty close. On camera it looks really good. Yeah. The the yellow because I know that I we think we did we talk about this on there or is this off the air but at some point but th- it was a material that they found and then they died. So then they couldn't get that material ever again. It was like someone went to like a store and bought material and then didn't think about the fact like oh shit, we're going to be doing this for a while. And um, so they had problems, you know. And then and every time I just read this this morning that every time they cleaned the, the uniforms because under actors, under the rules for the actors, everything had to be cleaned after every usage. 
uh, and it would shrink every time it was cleaned. Yeah, I also read that this so morning. I wonder if they read it from the same source. So it's interesting. Um, so. Yeah, but we are here to talk here. about uh, Star Trek. We are here. Yes. And we're into uh, two episodes, one I love and one I hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, we uh, the first episode is The Enemy Within. I'm trying to hold this in a way that... There. So what I'm going to say, again, this is the VHS collection that I have. I think this one I bought probably at, like, a store at a mall that the mall doesn't exist, nor does that store. <laughs> What are you doing? And um, but I but it's funny because if you look at the picture on it, this picture uh, of William Shatner with William Shatner is not from this episode. It's from this episode, which we're gonna get to next time. Like, who's working? The back is fine. Those are episodes of the lovely dog. But this is he's literally wearing the outfit in this like like. There, even when this came out, I was like, you know, like, what, what the heck? Like, who's making the sleeve for the VHS? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm a nitpicker. That's that was yeah. back in the day. There was we were called nitpickers. People that like complained about subtle little things. We were called nitpickers back in the day. And there, there's even a book called The Nitpickers Guide to Star Trek, like Nitpickers Guide to the Galaxy. There's like that was the term back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, hilariously, you can even see the. Back behind uh, other uh, Kirk, yeah, the other, the um, the the big robot that we'll oh, discuss yeah. when we get to that episode. Oh, well, that's right. The, there are two Kirks in that episode. The old ones. There's two Kirks in this episode. <laughs> I know. I the, forgot. That's why I, it didn't make ones. sense to me. I, I love Rock. There's one of my like. You never got. You can get the, get in enough of Rock. We need more Rock. We need. I want the Rock origin story show. That's what I want. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get into the enemy within. Yeah. Here is the synopsis from the back already. of the tent. I got my brandy. I'm already going to go. A transporter malfunction causes Kirk to be split into separate beings, one compassionate, the other savage. Spock and McCoy suffer along with their friend as Kirk confronts a side of, of his nature no man should see. His only hope for survival is to reunite his two selves, but Kirk's passive half is losing the ability to make decisions. And a stranded landing party is slowly freezing to death on the planet below. This episode marks the birth of the Vulcan neck pinch yes. and McCoy's now classic line, He's Dead Jim. Air date, October 6th, 1966. Still not born yet. I got, I'm, I'm getting there, but not yet. We're getting there. So, um, so let's uh, start with the dog, shall we? So let's start with the dog. <laughs> First... <laughs> There's there's a problem with this episode that I think has to be addressed because it's very early in the canon. Uh, shuttlecraft? Yeah. Escape no. pod? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, obviously they, you know, it's a plot device uh, that they're stranded. Uh, and obviously eventually Star Trek did have shuttlecrafts. Um, but, and, and obviously in all other sci-fi, including other Star Treks that come out now, uh, shows before this enter that, that enterprises that exist before this show have shuttlecrafts and pods, but apparently everybody forgot. Everybody forgot because there's a shuttle bay. It's on yeah. the model. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like this, this is the shuttle bay of the enterprise. It's yeah. there. Like it was in the model. Like, did they just say... 
fuck it. No, no, <laughs> no one's going to be watching this show. No one's going to be putting a costume on in like 50 years and wearing the freaking costume ever again. Like 80 years, whatever the hell it is. But you know. I'm pretty sure the shuttle bay actually <laughs> says shuttle bay on it, too. It probably on the model. does. It probably um, does. But here's Insert a, shuttle here. Here's a fun fact I read about that uh, particular B-plot. And maybe that's why they didn't, didn't want to solve it that way. Um that was actually pretty late into the scripting process. It was originally meant to be just Kirk being split. Right. And they just kind of added that on to increase the tension. Okay. That's um, cool. But, I didn't know that. That's very cool. But, yeah, the um, we I think the first time we see the shuttle bay, it, or not the shuttle bay, but the shuttle craft is in um, the menagerie when they're chasing them down. I think yes. that's the first reference to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think that makes the most sense. I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah. um, and the dog though. The dog. Um, the fucking dog. It couldn't have looked any better back then. Like it just—it's <laughs> just a dog. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people dress up their dog now on TikTok and Instagram and stuff, and this is that. This is they went. This is like someone go to the pet store. And buy a, a Halloween unicorn costume or something for a dog. Yeah, it was like it was like go go buy a oh gosh I'm clicking the wrong button. It was like go buy a dinosaur costume, <laughs> put it on the dog, and then we're not gonna feed it and piss it off really bad. Yeah, well, or I'm assuming there were well there were two dogs. There had to be two dogs, I right? I think it was just the one. No, it was just like, one. They, they never hold them together in the same shot. Isn't there one scene? Well, there's one must have been just like a, a like a like a stuffed bit of fur or something. Because the ones passed out when they do the transporter yeah. thing. So there must have been like a prop double. Yeah, there had to have been a prop dog because they're definitely was, or they drugged it because they probably allowed to do that in the '60s. Yeah, like you can tell that there's there's really one dog there. no space dogs were harmed in the in the episode the production of this yeah. episode i desperately tried to look for any information regarding that dog i'm pretty sure it was just a crew dog or something like somebody that. said like, who's got a dog yes. that's a cute little thing <laughs> who's who has any dog yeah, that like, we can just or they just went outside and found one like let's just pop a halloween there's costume a dog, on it there's a dog a floating around on the, it's not it's not a, it's the poor dog doesn't even get an imdb out of this it's like yeah. it's a shame like this dog's famous and it's yeah. got no recognition. No, yeah, no lines, no, no nothing. I can only imagine, like, there's, there had to have been some people on the crew that were just like, Jesus Christ, it's a fucking dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there had to have been a, a couple people at least. Like, I, but I will say the dog is the dog's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of co- like I like the fact that like we're we're several episodes in and we've already had two transporter problems. Maybe we should like stop with the transporter and figure out why this thing in two of the five episodes so far we've had a transporter problem. Yeah, like so who designed this piece of shit? I guess so, the thing is like they, they get the um this particular transporter issue is caused by that like yellow dust that's on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about um, yeah, that's right. I have that in my notes. Yeah, that's true. Um it's a, a, a metallic ore. Yes, with unusual properties, I think is what they say. Metallic ore with unusual properties. Yeah, I've watched the show. Like, um, I, it didn't look that metallic, but you know, it's it, right. it is what it is. You know, um, so so we get um, we get Kirk showing up, right? Like, right, so the dog gets beamed up, and then Kirk beams up, and or is it the other way around? Kirk. Um, 
the the dog comes later. Uh, Kirk gets beamed up and he kind of gets dizzy on the transporter. Mm. And Scotty's like, "Yo, you're all right." And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, "Can't get out that way." So he's like, "So Scotty, I'm gonna take you. Up. Come on, I'm gonna walk you to sick bay." And he's like, "Don't leave the transporter on a tra- tenant. He's like, I'll be back in a minute." Which is good that, like, I like the fact that they actually, you know, we shouldn't leave this, like, really important piece of equipment without somebody staffed here. Yeah. Like, I like the fact that there should be always somebody staffed in the transporter room just to make sure nobody's freaking around with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that makes sense as we'll find out. And then out. when, as soon as they leave, they pan back over and then, uh, you know, uh, weirdly shadowed Captain Kirk uh, appears on the Enterprise. Yeah, that's when, yeah, like, that's what I had. Mood like I love the music in this episode. I love the early Star Trek music so much. I love the music in this episode. Yeah, it's very good music sting. Like he just spins around. He's like, you know, and the directing. <laughs> like I mean, it's shot really well. Like yeah. this episode is shot really well. Um, I I think I have a more a better appreciation for filmmaking. Uh, the filmmaking quality of these shows. Like, um, you know, you think about them and in your mind you kind of, but then you go, when you're rewatching them from a different standpoint, you realize most of the time these episodes are shot really well. Like, uh, especially in the early season where they really focused on a lot of cool lighting and shadows and stuff. And I do like the film composition in these early episodes. Yeah, I I think they used very, uh, it was good use of close-ups and everything like that. It was just, you know, you get the close-ups to like, demonstrate the difference between the two uh, Kirks in this particular right. episode. I think um, I think they had eyeliner on uh, Bad Kirk, too, just to kind of darken his eyes a little bit. I probably. I've noticed that, that he's got a little bit of, you know, but, um, space mascara. Another f- filmmaking thing that I really liked about this episode is, like, so Kirk, uh, the the... I, I would say the real Kirk, but they're both the real Kirk. They're both like, the real Kirk, right. That's something that, like, isn't explicitly stated in the ep- – well, it, it is kind of, but, like, they refer to the uh, the bad Kirk as an imposter, but he actually isn't, as we find out later. Uh, he's just another half of Kirk. Um, but when good Kirk goes, you know, he, he goes off-duty, which is important because that sets up the um the way we can tell them apart because well one of the ways we can easily tell them apart right he has the um like he goes off duty and he just puts on his tunic right he puts on the other he puts on the other uniform yeah. option yeah the green one and i think that's this is the first time we see the green one and i think it's a smart device in costuming <clears throat> because then you can have like you can have this thing where there's where the, the, he's switching the imposter is switching shirts and mm-hmm. trying to make sure like, um, you know, like that he can blend in. And, and obviously Kirk goes to his quarters cause he's exhausted mm-hmm. because of the experience of, you know, physically his body's gone through a trauma, so to speak. So he's, his body is very, both their bodies are very weakened by this process being duplicated, so to speak. Um, and I, and I, that makes sense. And it does create, a, it's a well-written, I think the, it's a well-written plot, plot device that he goes and lays down and all of a sudden this guy's wandering around, you know. Yeah, we actually get foreshadowing to that um, unhealthiness, like, um, <clears throat> d- deeper in, well, before he, they say that the, the dog is getting unhealthy. Right. Uh, we get foreshadowing into, like, how much damage the split actually did because, uh, Spock is like we tried to beam down thermal units, but the duplication they, they made operate. them not operate. Yeah, like they tried to like yeah. When they, it's funny because early on they don't realize there's two Kirks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's a weird. It's such a good episode because it really does explore, um, you know, like how people, you know, are unchecked, you know, and and without whatever that keeps them in check. And I and I like that. I like that that concept of you know, like just and obviously they go very sexual very early in this episode, like. Um, you know, and it's it's very well done. I mean, I I think that the scene where he tries to rape, um, <clears throat> Yeoman Rand is just like, like intense. Like that's it's disturbing. Yeah, they, they. And then he beats the crap out of the one guy. Like you know, he like he jumps him and just beats him, and it's and it's, you know, and then and Kirk just you know, sh- Spock's kind of like confused because, the first thing is the brandy. Like mm-hmm. you know, like. Sarian brandy. The Sarian brandy, and he goes, "Give me the brandy!" And he, and he, you know, and then there's that great shot, and he's just walking through the ship yeah. drinking. Like, imagine if you're just like crewman Bob, and you're on the Enterprise, and here comes the captain walking by, just like chugging Sarian brandy, like you know, like smiling, wiping his face on his sleeve. I'm like, holy shit, man! Captain, Captain's having a bad day. That was quite the away team down there, man. Yeah, that was a party. Away mission. I got to get on more away missions. Um, uh, and then obviously he decides, then he sees the sign, and mm-hmm. he's decided he's gonna have like a little, you know, get a little something. Um, and then when, you know, like I love that where like, <clears throat> where Spock, Kirk doesn't understand because Kirk's in his quarters, and Spock mm-hmm. comes and seems like, are, are you all right? Like, what's going on? And he's like, I think the doctor's been messing with you. He's like, are you, I'm I'm thoroughly annoyed. Like, and then, then we realize what's going on because of the second dog, and then. You know, we may have an impact because then they realized that Yeoman Rance is like, you know, like he, he tried to jump me. And then the other guy's like, it wasn't me. And the other guy's, it was you, sir. And it's like and Kirk has that kind of weird. You almost sense like like already that it's that in the script that he's like, yeah, I lost her. like oh, no, like is mm-hmm. that sensitive version of him is like, you know, like it, we start to see it early on. It, it, it's, it doesn't just suddenly show up like immediately. We start to see like the change in Kirk's character. Um be, being split into two halves, so to speak. Yeah, like, you mentioned the scene with, um, you know, in Yeoman Rand's quarters. Um, that <clears throat> was shot very well. Like, the the um, they deliberately, like, basically put us there. Yes. And behind Yeoman Rand. Like, yeah. we are Yeoman Rand in that scenario. The and music's like, good. It's shot quick. It's kind of jump cuts a little bit, too. And and if if when I rewatched it, I noticed like that I don't know if it's scripted, but Shatner says just a minute, like just a like he's he's really aggressive in what he's saying, and I'm like I don't know if that was scripted, you know, obviously it's not one of the things you'll know, or if just really good acting. She's tremendous in it too. She plays it really good, and I've you know you see other stuff from this period, and it comes across like eh. Where this one came across like wow, well, that if that was today, they would have shot a little bit differently music wise, I'm sure. But I was watching Law and Order. Like I, I feel like him just literally physically attacking her and mm-hmm. trying to to subdue her physically is it's it's you know it's it's well done and disturbing. Yeah, like uh, speaking of Yeoman Rand's acting, um, or I, I forget her name. Uh, Grace Whitney. Yeah, Grace Whitney's acting. Um, I read that during the because she has another fantastic performance when she's in Med Bay because you right. know Kirk Runt walks up and he's like. Right. Hey, are you, you know, I look at me. I'm, I'm not. You, you, you didn't scratch my face. It couldn't yeah. have been me. But she's like 
giving this really heartfelt performance. And the thing is, speaking of things that you just wouldn't do today, Shatner slapped her. Right. Like, like Shatner, to get that performance out of her without really prompting from the, the, uh, you know, from Roddenberry or the director or really anybody he might have asked her i don't know like it didn't specify that but he just slapped her that's why she's like she's physically shaking at the time oh wow yeah that's a method acting yeah um i didn't know that well that's interesting um but it was yeah i mean what i mean i i love this episode um because i do feel like that they i this one of those episodes where i think they worked backwards and they definitely said Let's examine the human human nature and let's write it in the script because Spox is like, who better to examine? What, what a great opportunity we have here to see someone, a starship captain, one of the, you know, one of the, like someone incredibly strong, not just some average Joe and, and what it would be like if we separated him into his basically good and evil half, so to speak. And, 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 um, and, and, and we realize, wow, that like your dark side actually really helps you command. And, and, and McCoy just gets mad at him. Like, you've got your intellect. And, like, this is the captain's got your analyzing there. And he's like, yes, yes. And it's back and forth. And I do love, this is, again, and I mentioned in the last episode, I love the Kirk, Spock, McCoy dynamic. I love these scenes. I love when Spock and McCoy kind of argue it out. And Kirk's just kind of sitting there like, well, geez, here they go again. And, and, I, and I do, and I, this is another early great one, um, you know, it's just neat. I just think it's 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 great that we're getting this. It's not just some goofy sci-fi thing. There's a there's mm-hmm. a they're trying to like tell you know they're 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 trying to make a point about humanity. Yeah, like the the fact that like there's, I mean, obviously Kirk's bad side is depicted as a bad person, but like he's depicted as a necessary part of Kirk, right? Like that's the um. It's, it's the intrusive thoughts, tempered by wisdom and and right. logic, basically. Right. Like his, um, you know, in the case of Yeoman Rand, his his lust would normally just be tempered by you know his his reasoning, right? Right. And it it really kind of like, it's also just a look at humanity in general because you're just like, Roddenberry is saying we're all capable of this yeah, right like definitely like you know and that, that's why i think shows like this you know still live with us um because there is something to them um other shows not so much and but this show is you know this not this episode specifically but the show in general and what it tries to do the moral play and i've said it a thousand times and i'm sure i'll say it a thousand times more um the moral play of star trek is just great and i even like that spock compares it to his own experience he's mm-hmm. like i you know I, d- dividing into two halves is no whatever for me doctor like you know i have the vulcan side i have my human side and and um and i like that 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 there's a lot of cool stuff in here like kirk realizes that spock's kind of right mm-hmm. that he's he's losing his ability to command and he says mr spock like if you see me faltering again your orders are to tell me like he doesn't just say help me spock he's like your orders are to tell me because then even like set the phasers on stun and then like Spock wants him to like 
go call more security when they realize they've got the imposter cornered. Because where would you go to hide? He mm -hmm. goes, I go down to the engineering desk because obviously they have the same thought process. So they go down. There's like, should we get more help? He's like, if if I'm the, to be the captain, I must act like it. So like even because Spock is trying to get him like he's trying to help. He told me to help you. And he's like, well, no, I we need I need to do this myself. And that's where they introduced the Vulcan neck pinch. And, it, it, and it's really, it's shot really well in this one. Yeah, yeah, Spock, it, it, the, the interactions between Kirk and Spock, like, really kind of, like, <clears throat> it, it makes the, the, the ship crew seem very, like, almost, like, age of sailish. Like, it's, right. it's yeah. like, you know, if. if yeah, P Picard, we have a kumbaya. Yeah. And tell everybody, oh, we're all friends here. Like, don't worry about command structure. Where I think this ship out in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. so to speak, most of the time, they, you know, the, the, and that's the military aspect, which John Roddenberry knows, and you've mentioned before mm -hmm. with like Nimoy's background, <clears throat> that, the, you know, the, the captain has to be the captain. Yes. And that's, that's a theme, obviously, throughout the show is that, you know, th there's got to be a structure. And, and, and he never really tells the crew exactly what happens. Uh, so people that were directly involved know, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> obviously he never makes an announcement. Oh, by the way, the transporter sucks. You know, like, don't go in the transporter because you'll probably get duplicated, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, it was very interesting just to see how Spock basically just implied that if Kirk showed any weakness, he would, he would get rid of him. Like, yeah. Well, not kill him. But they like, lose faith in you. Yeah. And then you lose command, yeah. like, you know, and that's, you know, that's like, you know, like, because yeah. Kirk wants to just tell everybody, oh, they're good crew. They deserve to know. And yeah, he's like, no, they don't. They, you can't do that, sir. You just can't. That's cool. Like, it's, 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 it's smart. Um, I, I, I like, you know, McCoy has a cool moment there. He's like, you see, he was afraid and you weren't. Like, so, you know, there is that aspect of, you know, humanity also like that. You know, like you can use your intellect and you can temperament. And I, I don't know. I think it's really good. Even the scene where, um, when they got to go back to the transporter, and they're both really like in bad shape mm -hmm. at this point. They're both slowly dying. And um, well, we should bring up the oh, go ahead. Tr uh, transporting the dog for. Yep. So they att they figure out how to put them back together, right? Even though the transport, it's funny, you know, the funny thing about the transporter, the transporters are already broken, mm -hmm. and then it really gets broken because, you know, because the phaser fires a hole in the thing. And it's funny, on Next Generation, they just be like, well, oh, just replicate some new parts. Where, because we got to, they don't have that. Yeah. They have a food replicator, and that's about it on this ship. They don't make, if they don't have it in a warehouse on the ship, in the, in mm -hmm. the, they don't have it. Like they don't have. They can't make it in a. And and I love that about this era of sci-fi that they, they're kind of on their own. Like if something breaks, uh, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Or they yeah. have to find a nearby planet. Which yeah. We'll they have to jury. The next right, they have to jury rig like something you know to make it work. Um, and obviously the Scotty ingenuity thing is kind of cool. Uh, meanwhile, you got the guys dying on the planet, and I like the I like the concept of using the phaser to hit heat rocks. Yeah. Although that I always love that. I was like, you know, I think that's a cool little thing that they came up with. Yeah, we'll see that come back a couple yeah. times yeah. As, as we go through the series. Um, so they they go to transport the dog, right? I call it a dog. It, it's just going to be a dog, dog creature, whatever they want to call space it. Space doggy, it's a, it's, you know. It's a freaking dog. Yeah, it's a doggy <laughs> unicorn from outer space. So they. They, they transport it, 
and it comes back dead. And this is where Spock relates to himself. He's like, as you mentioned earlier, he's like, this is, I can relate to this. I have two halves. It, he, he really kind of implies that he's in a lot of inner conflict that his, he just keeps tamped down, right? Right. With his own, you know, will, essentially, um, which is interesting. But he's like, he's like, no, McCoy, uh, ignore your, your medical degrees for a moment. This is because of the conflict of putting these two halves of the creature together. It's just a dumb creature. It doesn't understand what's happening to it. Right. It got terrified to death. And McCoy's like, that's that sounds stupid, Spock. What are you What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a good scene. Yeah. A, it is a good scene, and I and again, I love that this interactive sciency like, you know, versus you know, common sense type stuff that they do. It's neat. No, it's good. It's it's um. You know, it's it's um. You know, then they you know then they decide that it's just they have the the guys are gonna die, and I think mm-hmm. that plot device that. If they yeah. had time, they could have tested it and done stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Kirk just decides, nope, we've just got to get these guys up before it's too late. Um, you know, his compassion for his crew. Um, you know, like even the, you know, like, for some reason in my mind, like I've always remembered that concept of lowering a, a, getting a long rope and lowering okay. a, a pot of coffee. <laughs> for whatever reason in my mind, I've always, like, since since I was so little when I was exposed to this episode, I was probably watching the syndication when I was, like, four or five years old. <laughs> and I always remember that, like, that phrase Sulu wrapped up in that. Like, I, I always, like, so couldn't you just beam down more blankets? Like, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> yeah, they would have gotten duplicated. Or maybe, like, a box. Have, How about gotten, a box? How about... Do you got a container yeah. that you could just mail... That you could e- email? That you, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Could you imagine they, like, beam down some blankets and the, they, they get duplicated? And you've got like more you've blankets. You've got blankets that keep them warm and then blankets that purposely they, keep them cold. Yeah, like, the, the concept of a blanket that, <laughs> evil that blanket. doesn't know what it's supposed to do, the evil blanket. It's, it's like that. those blankets my wife buys that are... Um, that suck the moisture out of your body. I don't know what that material is that she buys. And you wake up and you're dehydrated. Like, what is this blanket you bought? Why, why, why do I need to hydrate three times a night with this stupid blanket? But why do they just, like, I mean, I'm, I'm picking on an episode that I love. Because oh, you just kind of oh, have to. But, I mean, like, don't you guys got, a, like, a big box that they could have just beamed yeah. down, that they could have just hit in the box to stay out of the cold? Like, it would have been better than being in just, like, wearing yeah. the tent. Because they basically just had, like, a parachute wrapped around him yeah. is what it looked like. Yeah, it looked like <laughs> one of those, like, thermal blankets. Um, yeah, like, I, it was I, nylon. It looked like a <laughs> nylon, like, parachute. Like, these guys used to play with in gym class where you'd play the game where you'd have the ball on it and you'd throw that up. I don't know if you guys did that in gym yeah, class. You, you beamed down a quilt, <laughs> uh, 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 knitted blanket and it turned into a crocheted blanket <laughs> turns back into yarn <laughs> just like they gotta they gotta knit themselves it's just got i mean we already mentioned like where's the shuttlecraft like yeah. there's you know but obviously they they needed a, a a plot device to speed it up and they did it at the last minute mm-hmm. so probably it wasn't vetted out as well as they should have yeah, yeah i mean it it, it added tension it, yeah. it, it was the this the time that they needed i think the original intent was to make it more like a cerebral thing maybe where right. it's like 
well, is this the right thing to do? You know, put put the evil back into Kirk, essentially. Right. And even um, like his thing is, well, let's just leave him. We can't save him. Like, yeah. what? What do we do? And he's like, and I do like, uh, yeah. we got to get back to that point where he's putting the makeup on. And I don't I know mean, why he has makeup, but he's putting makeup on. And he's like, I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. Like, you know, and he's like, he's kind of like, because he is Captain Kirk and he doesn't understand I don't think he true. I don't think that side of him really, until maybe he's in sick bay, really mm-hmm. truly understands what's happening to him initially too. Because he's been isolated and he's not interacting with anybody, so he doesn't really know. Does he? Does that path ever realize? Um, my impression is, as I rewatched this episode, he didn't really realize that until he hears the, he's in his quarters and he hears this other captain kirk on the mm. on the intercom he's like i'm captain he breaks the i like that when he breaks the um the 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 monitor that it actually sparked yeah. i like the fact that someone in the prop department actually said well, wouldn't it like have an electrical spark or something yes. if we did this like they did I, but again like i but he's like so then he's like i've got to prove that i'm that i'm captain that's when he goes and finds makeup i don't know why he has makeup cover up but he but that to me is interesting because until that moment, I don't think he realizes. I don't. When does he really truly realize? Probably after he gets, um, till maybe when they're in engineering. I, I assume that when, I think when he realized that there's they they are the same person, just not together. Right. I think that was probably when he was lying in sick bay. Like, right. because, like, I don't think anybody told him what the exact, like... Well, in the engineering scene, they have that moment where he's got the phaser and, and you know, good oh, Captain Kirk is right. saying, like, uh, you know, like, we need each other. We're part of each other. Like, I don't need you. And he's going to shoot him, and then Spock knocks him out, um, which is a, a tremendously important thing. Yeah, he'd set, him, he'd set the phaser to kill, yeah. too. But, I mean, the, just the invention of the Vulcan neck that just cannot be understated. Like, it really is such a cool, I mean, it wasn't, and it's not a written thing, right? The actor said, I don't think I should punch him. Can we come up with something else? And, and they, they've talked about it. They've all talked about it. It wasn't one guy. I think it was a conversation. And, and originally, like, Nimoy's theory was, was that he had, like, a little energy that came out of his fingers or whatever. But then they, then they made it into it's more musk like you it's like a yeah. pressure point and you just knock something out that's why it doesn't work on certain races because they don't necessarily have yeah. that pressure point yeah i think i think data utilizes it at least once right yeah data right. uses utilizes it in the episode where leonard nimoy plays ambassador spock yeah. they use that in there and he's like ooh, like because they obviously wanted that cool i can't wait till we get to that yeah. that episode that'll be um, many years from now yeah but, I, um, I i like that the the impo- imposter Kirk, the the bad Kirk, like he has Kirk's fear too, like that's something that, like that's like kind of glossed over. Like the the compassionate, like indecisive Kirk, is literally fearless. Like he he is not afraid of anything. Like like that's kind of like where he should have been afraid that he was gonna get shot. Yeah, he was just standing there. He's just like, nah, I'm not afraid of you shooting me. And like he he would have shot him. Like. And like, he and you raise a really good point that like, and I, I God, and that's why I like watch doing this show with you so much because you bring a different perspective that I never thought of, and I've watched this episode a thousand times. Y- you said it. You were like, you just said it. You're like, that Captain Kirk is afraid of losing command too. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it from that perspective. Yeah. Like, it's smart. That's a really like, really cool observation. That's just great. I did, never thought of that. I mean, like, yeah, they're both afraid of losing command because the ship's everything mm-hmm. to them. And and 
And that's why that scene on the bridge is when they finally yeah. do the. the I already scene. have one wife. <laughs> yeah. It's the Enterprise. <laughs> that's it. That's or uh, what's the line? The next episode. That's the next. Episode. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah that's oh. during Mud's Women. God damn it! I thought we were there. Ah, um, I can't wait. But <laughs> uh, but I have like naval stuff to talk about in that episode. But cool. Like he, the the fact like that Kirk was so afraid of dying. Like that's why he was like didn't want to recombine with right. the prime Kirk because presumably he knew about the dog right. um, which died and he's he was just scared. I don't want to go back. Yeah. Like, please don't make me, like, there's a they, I, I love the fact that they really go heavy on the fact that that dark side of you has a lot of, the dark side is also where insecurity comes from. So they really play up a lot of where, how would these two, it's kind of like left brain, right brain stuff. Like wh- what part of your brain moves to the, like what, what's here, what's there, like your intellect versus your anxiety, you know, like mental illness. Like, you know, when you're, when you're depressed, like, you, you know, you, you nest, you, you, you can't cons, you can't conceive that other people have the same fears and stuff that you, even though you know you, everybody tells you that, but you, you, you just can't process it. And I think that's all. That's a big part of like. There's a, that's why this episode is cool because it's not just goofy mm-hmm. sci-fi. It's like there's a bigger point yeah. to what the story that they're trying to tell with this. Was why again the show holds up. Yeah. So like, yeah, I I I just wish they'd given us more time with uh, Spock and Bad Kirk because like he's a, Spock starting to figure it out and then just normal Kirk sh- or compassionate Kirk shows right. up and it. I, I was a little bit disappointed by that because like Kirk's Spock obviously immediately recognized that this was not the same Kirk that right. he w- had been dealing with because he just he right. just shows up and first of all he was just way more decisive like right. just yeah uh, we're leaving do him. this do this do that yeah we're leaving you know? let's go and I, I wish we could have gotten that from Spock instead right. of just Kirk showing up but uh, it, it's cool because then there's a great line there let the captain handle this. Oh yeah, he's just <laughs> like, just like, because he's like, and he's like you, and it's and it's a wink and a nod, like nudge nudge, Bob, your uncle, like you, you know, good, you know, good captain, you have to. This is, this is so important that you do this, not just yeah. for now, but for for your own, mm-hmm. like when you're back together, when this all works out, that you know you're able to do this, that you have to win this, this, this fight, this this in this whatever interaction you've got to you've got to do this you've got to be in command like that's the big thing that spock gets out of and again it goes back to what mm-hmm. you said about spock's inner conflict mm-hmm. that he's telling him from my experience you've got to win this interaction yeah i think spock more than any other character recognized that that was kirk too like right and like that's why you know when the the uh, i believe it was the helmsman i think um, the one before yeah. Chekhov, he was always like, Spock, what, what do we do? Which what one do? do? Yep. do no, just let Kirk handle like, this. Let the captain handle this. And it's kind of, because again, really nobody knows except Spock, McCoy, mm-hmm. Yeoman Rand, and Kirk. Like nobody else knows that this McCoy, none of them besides like the three of them and Rand because she was raped or essentially mm-hmm. almost raped. They're the only ones that know what happened. So they're, again, they're they're protecting you know Kirk's command and everything, and I just think, and I love when Kirk just kind of like the Shannon just kind of grabs the phaser and he just kind of throws it, and like and he's literally they're both exhausted. Yeah. This is this this process. They're you know, and then you know they bring him to sick bay, and then I mean it's a transporter, and then it's 
And then, you know, like he has that moment. And yeah, you get uh, spot Kirk's sp- stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> who, he, I'm sorry. He just doesn't look he does very much. body. Yeah, they do a better job um, with that now. There is a really cool moment there where where Kirk says to Spock, if this doesn't work. Yeah, and then Spock's And he's thanking him, like, thanks for everything. Like, And that's, again, the humanity of that friendship to me is just great. You know, like, and I think that here we are, we're only, whatever, five episodes in, and we already have this incredible friendship established. Yeah. You know, yeah. probably at, one of the best in television history, in my opinion. Yeah, at, at the end of the episode there, we get a little bit of a, you know, of the times moment, though. Like, he, you know, yeah, that's the, Yeoman Rand goes back up to the to Spock, and he's like, hey, it's, Kirk's real interesting. Eh? Yeah, that, <laughs> it's that, like, that dark it's side like, had some interesting qualities, don't you think? It, it was kind of <laughs> like, whoa, man, Spock. Like, yeah, let's let's you know, give it some time here, resources man. is giving you a call <laughs> after that one. You're going to get us a letter in your uh, your thing. Good episode. Yeah. I like this episode a lot. You know, Sulu yeah. doesn't die. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah he gets – he's pretty bad off, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, severe yeah. frostbite. Severe frostbite. Um, but, okay, yeah. a good one. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes – I mean, I have a lot of favorite episodes, but I love this episode a lot because I feel like it's – I love the early stuff because I feel like the canon of everything is being created really well. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's why the show holds up because, again, the early episodes are so good. Yep. And then, uh, right, wait, was it this episode or the next episode where we get. Where, where, uh, I suppose that's for you to. It's the uh, next episode. Uh, we'll the next get to episode. it then. Well, I just wanted to mention one thing that I noticed, and I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't think it was on purpose. I just think it was just. They made a mistake and then had no choice. But if you watch the the final confrontation between Kirk and Kirk at the very very end before they bring him back, the 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 shot of bad Kirk is a reverse shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. and it's only that shot in the entire episode is something like something got screwed up there. Yes, yeah. either I think I think they shot it one way mm-hmm. and they thought it was going to be like right, and then they put it in the editing like bored and they were like oh shit and they had to flip it because you can i mean you can literally tell the insignia is on the wrong side his hair is going the wrong way um and it but it looks like they're looking because you know the 180 rule you can't Mm -hmm. cross that line and they look like they're looking at each other but it's actually just a completely flipped shot i know that like um they literally i know from reading some stuff about the show that when they designed the set they designed the set with the rule of 180s in Mm -hmm. mind that the the bridge needed to look pretty much the same all the way around so that they could take out the fourth wall, so to speak, where the view screen is, and then they could shoot things by just framing somebody without having to bring all the set back together. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why, like, there's those, those panels that are almost over to the view screen are exactly the same panels, but sometimes they would just utilize other set pieces just to, to, to save time and money. Yeah, so, so we'll probably end up seeing that kind of thing again, to be honest, like, yeah. where they're both facing the same direction there's yeah, definitely I mean, some moments like that there's definitely ones going up to shore leave there's even a shot in this next episode which i i really believe there's a shot of mccoy that they reused from something else mm-hmm. i don't even think it's in the same room i think it's literally like you know like from the transporter scene they used it in a later scene because they forgot to shoot a scene which is or they lost it or the film got developed poorly or whatever yeah i mean i i, I Those think are it's practical things that happened when they were shooting on film yeah yeah it's just you know. like and I don't think anybody who was watching it then noticed, but, you know, uh, watching it now, you're like, because something was off. Mm-hmm. I was like, something's really weird Well, something here. is and simple. And then you kind of notice that, like, 
there's an episode in the Mirror Universe, which we'll get to, where the Enterprise flies in a different way. Like, mm. instead of the Enterprise going left to right, because all ships in, in – the good guys always went left to right. The bad guys always went right to left. That was just kind of a convention in Hollywood of the time. Because so, it's uncomfortable. Right. So when they do the Mirror episode, the Mirror Enterprise goes right to left. They just flip the footage because they couldn't film the other side of the model because the other side of the model was never finished. <laughs> because they didn't need to finish the left side of the model because we were never going to see it. The, most of the left side of the model was never painted in detail. It was only Have the you, right side. Um, the, fun the front, back, and right side, but not the left side. Well, fun fact. Have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? To the, to the, yeah. Like, Have you seen the model? Yeah, now it's been re- now they I mean, it's completely it. finished now, now but I, yeah. I went there a couple years ago, and I had never seen it. Because normally, so they swap between that and the Millennium Falcon. They have both of them. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. And they normally swap them out every other, every couple of months. And when I was there, they had the Enterprise out, and I was awestruck. First off, I did not know it was that big. I mean, it is probably the length of this room. Oh, it's huge. It's massive. And it was just beautifully done. And I I didn't think that the model was that big. The Millennium Falcon is not that big. No. The Falcon is probably like half the size of this table. Most of the models back then were they didn't have that that fine motor skills construction mm. that they could do, um, like they by the time you get to Star Wars, you know, like the, the plastics were you know harder to use. So models in this time period tended to be bigger. Mm. Although the some of the other honor, Enterprise uh, versions of the Constitution class that we see, some of them are literally store bought models. Yeah. Some of them were smaller just for different things. Yeah, although it, a, a consideration back then especially was, like, the bigger the model is, the smaller the strings that hold it up look. Right. Like, so. Oh, good point. That's true. Well, also, you noticed a lot of um, a lot of the Star Wars ships, for example, don't have lights on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. This ship is, like, fully lit from the inside. Like, right. the lights that you see in the in all the bays and then the phasers and all that sort of stuff, they're all real practical lights that are actually on the model, and you can see them today. Right. Yeah, right. So it's really cool. Anyway, I just had to throw that no, in before we cool. get into no, the next that, episode. Yeah. Is, it, cool. is, it, is it still in the gift shop at the Smithsonian? Is that where it's uh, n- No, it is. Because no, for years when, it was in the gift shop in the Smithsonian. It, it, no, when I went— Air and Space Museum, if you go to Washington. Well, when I went—yeah, Air, Air and Space Museum, that's where right. I was. And when you— when you walk in, it's so you like basically you walk in the front door and there's obviously the giant rocket right, right in right. front of you, it's slightly off to the left towards like where the food court is, where like the McDonald's and stuff is. That's okay. where it was at the time, but they changed stuff around all yeah, the time. Of course, but when I went there, that's where it was, and it was the only thing that was on display in that section of the room. It was really really cool, and they had like all the pictures and stuff, and I believe they may have even had that picture of William Shatner. Oh. So it was really neat. But anyway, I just had to say that because I got to see it for real, and it oh, was they, awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things. It's meet and heroism. Yeah. So, so Let's now we're on. going to Mud's Women. I'm just going to preface this. Um, I hate this episode. <laughs> really? I hate this episode so much. Yeah, it's, it's – we got, we got spa- uh, it's, He's a pirate. He's a, he's a, like a pimp daddy. He's, you know, like it, – we got like whores in space. <laughs> yeah. It's got – I, I said to him before you got here, like I, this. Ep- well, go ahead, introduce the episode, um, and then I'll rant. Right. I'm not gonna rant too much. I yeah. just, I just don't like this episode. I'm, I'm with you. I like the technical details from I, this episode. I will agree that the introduction of Dilithium Chris, but get, let's. I don't want to um, jump the gun here. Get to the description right, of it. So, because I don't even obviously I yeah. don't have the videotape yeah. for this because <laughs> this is not one I needed in my collection at any point in my life. Yeah, you didn't keep the collection for that. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just come one. up with a s- synopsis. Um. So, the the crew of the Enterprise stumbles 
upon a strange ship flying through space. Upon interdicting said ship, they discover mud, a space pimp. Hardcore uh, Fenton mud. Hardcore yeah. Fenton mud. Or whatever he, Lawson or whatever yeah, heck his yeah. fake name was. It's revealed through the episode that Mud gives the women who are with him drugs to make them more attractive. But as we come to find out, the drugs are actually not drugs, or they are drugs. <laughs> I don't know what they are. They're they, a little bit of both. They're like Adderall for contraven. <laughs> they're they're Adderall Mises steroids. <laughs> I don't know what they are. Like it's that's awful. That's great though. <laughs> that's such a good description. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, is it hallucinogen? Because it makes everybody else get hot too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that's yeah. so fucking true. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of how we, they d- end up describing it. It's like it just makes you more confident, like, and that's the entirety of what oh they do. Oh my God, that's um, so funny. But all right, so this episode, in terms of the yeah. sexualization of, of of stuff, doesn't air well, especially the oh, description yeah. of what the drug does at the end, the Venus drug. So the theory is that 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 Mud has acquired this thing called the Venus drug, which has been outlawed. So, yeah. you know, but it's weird because obviously it has like, <clears throat> I just I don't I don't know what this episode is. The guy who wrote it, I googled it this morning, only wrote two episodes: this episode and the other Mud episode that comes up. Mud's women or I Mud that comes up later. That's the only two episodes of the show he ever wrote. I don't. I like the other episode because it's a silly, fun episode. There is a lot of fun, silly stuff in this episode. I like the actress portrayal of Mud. I like mm-hmm. the fact that they brought Mud back um, on Discovery uh, at some point. Um, Which he was played by Rain Wilson. Yeah. For those who don't know, is Dwight from The Office. Yeah, and he and Rain Wilson does a great job playing that character, kind of updating it. Um, Mud actually shows up in more than that. He he's. Well, not Mud himself, but his uh, shop is a thing in the video game Star Trek Online. It's uh, Mud's shop or whatever, Mud's market, and you you just buy a bunch of um, cosmetic materials from him. And women. And women, yeah. Women that you can resell to. (laughs) So I read something this morning about this episode. This was one of the episodes that was considered for the pilot. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Well, I keep saying this. Every episode of this show, the conflict is stuck. The conflict, every every single episode of this show, there's more booty shots in this show than than like Wonder Woman. And and well, (laughs) every single episode of this show, and it's because it's the '60s and it's written by all dudes. Every conflict of every episode of this show is about sexualizing women. Like literally, the entire show is about that. Yes. Especially in this first season. It's not as bad later on, but this first season's really bad that way. And like, you know, like it's it's there's a lot of cool scenes like that, like where Kirk even says, like, are they are they like are they really that beautiful? Are we just tired? Like he senses there's something off. Yeah, McCoy's just like McCoy's what, like what this is weird. What th- this isn't right. Like and it makes my machine. See, go but ping. I and I'm also <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, it is about the women, but there there really is like a m- like a moral point to it too, saying that like all of these people are stuck in space for five years. There are women on the no, ship. We see a bunch of women wandering around the corridors. There's even another couple 
um, wandering down the hallway at one point. Like, there's a scene. I watched it. There's there's several other hallway shots, and there's random other extras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hallways are rarely absent this- in the first season. Like, you get to the third season, they cut the budget, so they probably didn't have money for extras. But, like... There's a lot. Of, usually, you see people wandering the halls a lot in this in this show. Oh yeah. And there's other women on the ship. Mm-hmm. Clearly, like you know, because Ahura's even. So I read a lot of cool stuff about this episode. That there was a scene uh, where um, Mud tries to get Ohura to take the drug, mm-hmm. and then there's a big thing about making yourself whatever, 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 and she says, "No, I don't need it." Um, kind of thing, and that scene got cut, and a lot of people to this day are mad that that scene wasn't shot. Yeah, because that would have been a cool scene. Because that like would have been a cool scene too. Background. But well, also, Nichelle Nichols is gorgeous, yeah, yeah. so it's really interesting that like if they tried to say, "Oh yeah, you have to take this drug," it would have been really nice to see her be like super confident. Just, I don't need it. Well, yeah. she, Ahura as a character is already pretty confident for a '60s woman. Yeah, like. And, that's the right. and they're accenting that too in yeah. Strange yeah. New Worlds. Right. And the dynamic of that, we've got the sexualization of women. We also have strong women on the mm-hmm. show at different yeah. times. Like, you know. Um, like, yeah, you kind of have to take a lot of historical perspective when yeah, I'm not, the show. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like you got to consider like two years prior to this, this show being aired was the end of the Jim Crow era. Right. Like, this, like that's true, we, yeah. we're like. You know, when Gene Roddenberry was was writing this show, LBJ was passing the Civil Rights Act. Like, and, that, and that's clearly, you know, a theme that, you know, rights are, are addressed mm-hmm. in this. Like, you know, right to meet your accuser. Like, that's something that gets covered a lot. Like, it, the show is very period, and a lot of those episodes still hold up because there is a moral play that, yeah. that I still think holds up. Um, this episode was, like, also, like, one of the reasons why it wasn't used as the pilot or even the second pilot was because they um, they were worried about like you know like that he's selling women like yeah. what, what he just sells women like it's like you know the producers looked at it and said you know the, the studio executives like no 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 like yeah. you can do this episode and it's and it's a Roddenberry had the concept and then it was turned over to the writer and I forget the writer's name um, and the writer did a lot of stuff he wrote for like six million dollar man the writer had a hell of a nice long career I looked at his his writing credits the guy wrote for everything. Um, but it, clearly it was the, the synopsis that, the, that Gene Roddenberry came up with is like guy has women like kind of any and in the synopsis that he described it to a Western plot. It mm-hmm. reminds me of something you would have seen on the, the, the you know, like the lawman show, like one of those where a guy shows up in a town. He's got these women that he's trying to sell them to, to miners like they might as well have been gold miners and like have little pins, you know, tins and shit. But they, the most important thing in this episode is they introduce the concept of how the how the ship keeps going. It's not just a traditional fuel. It's dilithium crystals, although it well, is called lithium, lithium crystals. Dilithium dye gets added later, but this yeah. the introduction of lithium crystals. Yeah. I I like how it kind of sheds light on how the Federation kind of works. I still I think it's still not the Federation, but like apparently like there's just. People who charter ships and co- colonize yeah. worlds, there's them and their family, and it's like, I guess people like mud would be necessary in a society where you ch- you just can't walk to well, the nearest town. You it, just it is the old west, like yeah. st- the Star Trek universe in this time frame is the old west. That's why they purposely set the next generation a hundred years after mm. because they wanted to look at California in eighteen forty six. Versus 1946, mm-hmm. like, or 100 years, like, 
California Today versus California when they were in, you know, in the 49, when they were panning for gold. Like, there, there was a military around, but it was, you know, like every planet was like a town that you would visit. And that's, you know, that's, that's why the show is called Stagecoach to the Stars, or whatever they referred to it as. Because, um, you know, like a wagon train to the stars. Because that was a show on the TV at the time about a wagon train that was going to California and all the, the things that happened to them every week as they were going to California. But, like, I feel like that was the thing. Like, there's, they don't, there is no, there probably is this, there is a federation of planets, but it's not like so, a, I don't think we really see the term federation until season two. Yeah, probably not. When that first episode of Mock Time where, where the, where we meet, but not, not, no, I'm sorry. The episode where we meet Spock's parents is the first time I think we actually hear about the Federation. Um, but at this point, they're just kind of flight, you know, like they're kind of exploring, but they also have to help out once in a while, and they mm-hmm. they have they have to follow the, you know, and then they've got rules. They have to why they have to arrest yeah. mud, so to speak. Well, yeah, that's um, actually something I, for an unrelated reason entirely, I re- I was researching naval like maritime law. Right. The reason why they interdicted him is because it's actually. In our in our world, it's illegal to be on the open seas without a flag. Like you have to have a, a flag designating you to a country of origin, hmm. or okay. you'll be interdicted by any warship that comes across okay. you. Um, I didn't catch. I didn't get that. Uh, didn't know that. So that's why they pull essentially pull them over. Um, okay. Because. And then know. he goes into an asteroid belt. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Well, I Not guess, like the Millennium Falcon going in an asteroid belt. But I honestly like I, I like that. I mean, th- th- now now that you've just I've never thought of that before. But now that you just said that, you see that all the time. I mean, in Star Wars, Star Trek, constantly anything that has to do with like space, it's always please identify yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Please identify yourself. State your state your base of origin. Like they say right. that all the time, and that, that makes so much sense because they'd have to arrest them. Right. I never thought of that. Damn. Yeah, like go go to a like you know go to like I guess like when we were in Newport this summer, I guess every boat had a flag mm-hmm. on it of the country that they were registered to. Mm-hmm. And my wife was noticing a lot of them were were a lot of the, the yachts that were there um, were flags. We ended up googling some of the flags like where they were, and most of them were like um, Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So the the boats yeah. are registered. There's probably some tax incentive or something. To, that if you register your boat through, you know, Barbados as opposed to the United States, that it's probably easier to register it or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's, you know. there's actually, like, uh, I guess, like, regardless of where you are, well, unless you're in, like, a country's waters. Right. If you're in international waters and you're flying a country's flag, you're beholden to their laws. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think I saw that once on NCIS when they arrested a bad guy. And he said, you can't arrest us. And he's like, we aren't arresting you. It's the country of the flag that you're flying. And I, I, they use it as a great plot device. And again, I don't know much about the Navy. so But you said you had some cool stuff. That's really cool. That's great. Uh, also, Uhura was in gold in this. Well, we see her one time, yep. like at the beginning of the episode. Oh, she was wearing yeah, gold. That's right. She was. There's a couple scenes where she's just in the background kind of wandering around when the ship's kind of running out of energy. And she's in gold her. again in another episode, too. But I forget which one. I think it, it was earlier. Than this, yeah. well, she was in gold in the very first episode. Well, one of the pilots, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. that it didn't even matter back then. Right. Um, we also kind of get like a a look at transporters in this episode. Uh, another look at them, anyway. 
they use up a ton of power in at least in the original series like right they're like they are genuinely worried that the transporters are going to overload their last dilithium crystal right um so that's kind of interesting like in the next generation they kind of treat the transporters like they're just um you know they're just they're just there, really. Like, I think that's why I like this, that the ships, the, 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 the difference between Enterprise, um, you know, the first Enterprise and the Enterprise D. Like, that episode of Next Generation of Wars, when Scotty, you know, is in Next Generation, because he's blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and he's comparing, like, when I was walking on my Enterprise, I could tell what speed the ship was moving by the feel of the deck plates. Mm-hmm. Now it's carpeted and it's beautiful and everything's like and, and you got fake, got fake things you can create my ship and turn this bloody thing off, and I love that episode because it really does um, give you a sense of of that cowboy diplomacy is mm-hmm. is the, the a terminology that they kind of invented in Star Trek. They mention it a lot in ep- in the sixth movie, but they also mention it in. Um, the episode of when Lee, Leonard Nimoy is on um, Next Generation, the two episodes he's on, and that those episodes were timed as a promotion for Star Trek Six. Yeah, they, people they don't came out at the same time. That they, they were filming the Star Trek movies and the Next Generation concurrently to right. each other. Um, Will Wheaton actually has a story about an interaction with Kirk that he had, but we'll eventually <laughs> I'm get sure to him. It was wonderful because. Shannon's such a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's better than he used to be, but I think there was a time when he was way too impressed with himself. He's probably still too impressed with himself, but I think he's more open. Which is hilarious. The most recent thing I've seen him in was a, a, a Christmas horror story where he played a radio yeah. host and just was, like, so. negative the whole time, which so, makes sense. We also get uh, computer voice again. Yes. Like, uh, Barrett? Gene Roddenberry's wife. Yeah. Um, and, uh... She's just all over the place in this. Uh, it, she is the wife of the boss. Yep. <laughs> she's not bad, it, especially like later on in TNG. She's hilarious. She's hilarious, and yeah, she's like, hilarious when she's on Deep Space Nine as well. Yeah. Um. And 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 in the next episode that we won't get to today, um, that episode where with, that is really important. I hope that you guys are moving along with start with with Strange New Worlds, because I think the next episode is like kind of ties into Strange New Worlds quite well. Um, but she was a beautiful woman in this. Like when she was younger, she was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. you know, like she was an be- incredibly attractive woman, and you know, um, and and uh, and a very good actress. Like she's very good in this next ep- the episode that we're going to get to after next week, the next yeah. time we record. This episode is frustrating, like because it re- like the actress who plays Eve, just she's playing it like she's like some country woman on the on the prairie. And it's just like, and I get it. It's like, but I just feel like this was, I just, and the other two women are just awful people. Um, and and the minors are just like stereotypes of like, it just, oh my God. Like it just, I, there's so many cool things in this episode, mm-hmm. like that are fun. But then every time they, you know, like. Yeah. It's just you know, like, it's just so like when, especially when they're on the planet with the minors, they're like, oh, why don't you. I guess the loser just gets me, and it's like yeah. it. It it re, again. It feels like something you wouldn't watch yeah. it on, like you know, on on on. I don't know, like whatever the Ponderosa Bonanza. Like I felt like this was a plot from Bonanza yeah. that you know this guy comes to town, and you know the the, what the, the the Bonanza people have to take care of it. Like it just it just. I mean, I it's there's it, 
Shatner's kind of like out of his uh, Captain Kirk's kind of out of his element a little bit because mm. he can't really do anything. Um, you know, and he's trying to do the right thing. And she's totally into him and he's not into her at all. He's like, I like you think I'm like I'm not I got I got the ship to command. I'm not that she's in love with him, which is a thing that happens every woman pulls in love with Captain Kirk or Mr. Spock on the show. But um, but clearly, like he was like he felt for her, but he wasn't into her at all in my mind. No, no, he he he, he would have done her if he yeah. got the opportunity. <laughs> but I don't think he would have. He's not. I'm like, listen, honey, I don't need a wife. I he, got a whole thing I got to deal yeah, with. He recognized her beauty, but that's it. Like he, I think that was an important like distinction between him and his men, really, because like his like him and like like. Uh, Scotty and the navigator, whose name I forget. Yeah. Um. They're at, and Spock's there too. But I'll get into that in a second. They're they're on the transporter pad and they're just completely dumbstruck, like in just not right. saying anything at all. And Spock's just kind of, he's really expressive in this episode like, for some reason. Like he, yeah, he he's like lo- amused. Like he's amused at humanity by this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that again another great performance by Nimoy. Taking something as simple as Spock's not affected, and I guarantee you that it wasn't scripted that Spock finds this amusing. Yeah. The 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 frailties of humans. That no, I think that he just like Nimoy's just such a good actor. He's like Spock. He he understood that character to to the very end. He understood this character so well. Um, and and nobody I, I nobody could I, the character would have never been anything if it wasn't Len Nimoy. I mean, he's just the right actor for the right time. And it's just, I think that he probably had a lot of fun in this episode, yeah. kind of pro- doing things that he just kind of played up himself. Yeah, he's just like smirking the entire yeah. time is there. Like shaking his head like these like, stupid men. He, oh he didn't God. even bother answering Kirk. He's just having too much fun just like yeah, watching Yeah, he's watching two. that scene, right? <laughs> I know that, yeah, like the scene where he's just l- kind of giggling in a sense, <laughs> like when Spock and uh, Kirk and McCoy are discussing, they're like, are they really that beautiful? Yeah. And McCoy is that interesting, like our pound for, like they sense yeah. there's something afoot here. Like mm. they're, they're smart enough to realize that something's not right, you know? Yeah, yeah like they're... they're like even McCoy is just like he like we see it with Kirk he's just like completely just like the the first time we see these women like everybody's dumbstruck the first time Kirk sees them he gets he's caught on the back foot but he's like straight to business anyway right. like right. which i and the same thing happens with McCoy because like his medical curiosity overwhelms whatever he was kind of right. thinking about her at the time because like he's like he, he just gets distracted by his medical equipment. Like, he's very much just like... And it's it's weird. And obviously, there's supposed to be a difference between Eve and the other two women. And the other two women are more opportunists. And they're just trying to make money or get whatever. They marry a rich guy. Hmm. Where she's really looking for something more. Because she was in a terrible situation. And she is confident. And I think... Kirk doesn't even really find the other two women that attractive because, mm-hmm. again, because I, I will say that probably the concept is, is that he kind of sees through the magic, so to mm-hmm. speak. And he's it, the only reason he's he, he doesn't necessarily like Eve, but I think he definitely like feels for her and he wants to help her because he feels like she's caught up in something. But clearly, because, again, it's more he's seeing through, which is why I think he realized there's something more afoot here. You know, where the other guys are like, oh, my God, they're hot. And that's – but to be honest, there's a lot of stupid guys your age that 
by that worry about because obviously that's that's why Instagram exists. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so really we haven't come that far since the 1960s. So. Yeah. I mean, at least we get like a decent like. Uh, at least we kind of get a decent conclusion. Like the the, it really was about confidence, yes. which is like for anybody it's important. Like they he mentioned that the Venus drug. It, it it works on men and women. Right. Like, you know, there's just a difference that can be made if you just carry yourself a little bit more proudly and, right. you know, have, you know, put your shoulders back, stand up straight, you know, all that stuff. Right. And that's kind of what the episode was trying to get at. Um, I think they could have played with that a little bit more. Um, right. Maybe, like, backed off on the um, weird, like, kind of, you know, woman's goal is to be a wife kind of thing right a little bit um could have definitely backed off on that but you know i think the overall message was pretty solid you know yeah and then there's the you know i think yeah i think you got it there i think that's pretty much you know and then that's when they come back and they just kind of have that that you know yeah. conversation and um yeah. you know i forget what they i forget the last scene what happens in the last scene when they're on the bridge well, so I have a question, and maybe you guys can elaborate for me. Is at the end when he leaves her with whatever his name minor is. guy, yeah. who looks real weirdly familiar. He does look weirdly familiar. He's in a bunch of is stuff. Is she content with being there with him? That's what it I seems think, like. like it, it, it seems makes like it seem they like actually kind of start to respect like like each other, and that's actually a relationship that would develop. Well, because to me, it seems like she. Like, is really, really against it because she obviously really likes Kirk. Right. And she doesn't want to be there at all. And then he comes there and he's just like, oh, it's okay. You'll be fine. And then she just kind of is like, okay, whatever. And just stays. We don't really know too and much about, know, like. I don't know if that's, like, on purpose I don't, or if I, she My is feeling okay is that there. she wants, the line is, um, she'd like to stay at least for a day mm-hmm. so we can talk. We don't know for sure that she stayed. We don't know what happened, what's transpired within that day. We also don't know what happened with the other two because they do say that they can get out of it if they want. Those two other guys, if they're choosing to get, because those the drugs gonna wear off for those other two women, mm-hmm. and those guys are gonna be like, oh, what the hell, like, or they're gonna just Harry, I'm sure, had to tell them. By the way, I kind of tricked you. Give back the money, so to speak. So my my impression is, at the very least, Harry and the two other girls are on the ship. Mm-hmm. And they're being brought to wherever they're going to be brought. Like, I my, I never, I think Eve may have chose to stay with Ben because she actually kind of likes him and he kind of liked her once they kind of got through the bullshit. Yeah, well, because at first he was like, uh, I don't know about this. But then I think after, like, actually seeing her, he was like, okay, you know what? Honestly, I This I is a, what she okay really to... is is what I'm really looking for. Yeah, Eve? Right. Eve actually says that, like, she she utters a line that makes it clear that she's kind of over Kirk. She's like, he's, Kirk's already married. Right. You know? So, like, Kirk's he, like, okay, good. Well, thank God for that he, because. Oh, yeah. and then he yeah, says that line. I was going to move down here and yeah. start hanging my pans up outside I'm in the sand. I'm already married. You know, to like, the you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think she says, like, he's got a lady up up in orbit or something right, like that. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think, like, they don't explicitly say they're leaving orbit just yet. Like no, so like they might stay there a couple of days. You it know? sounded like they were at first. They they probably have to get the dilithium crystals installed and charged mm-hmm. and do all whatever they have to do. Side side stuff. 
I do like that one scene where like Scotty's kind of like you know you're using the sensors and that's really burning out. I don't I don't have them, Scotty. Yeah. I I tried, but I did. And then he and he turns back. Sorry about that. Yeah. Cut me some slack, man. And I do like I do like that when Kirk screws up because he did it with a her in a previous episode. And then this one, he kind of like he apologizes to Bones. Like when he goes off the handle, like ah, it's just Kirk being Kirk. And as a as a teacher that would often kind of yell at his students every once in a while when he got a little stressed out, and then come back and apologize to his uh, students. Maybe I got that from Captain Kirk. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. not a great episode. Not the worst. Yeah, no. There's certainly worse episodes of Star Trek to come. Yes. Um, but this is not. It's not my favorite, and it's probably again, it's not an episode um, that I've watched yeah. in recent years. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, mo- most of what I liked about the episode was entirely, like, technical and, s- s- like, um, societal details sure. that, that we expunge upon during sure. this episode. Yeah, you do get a sense that, like you said, there's a bigger universe there, and not everything's not Starfleet. And that's one of the reasons why, when you go to Star Wars, that, like, the Star Wars universe is kind of fun because you've got the military crap going on, but then you got guys like Han Solo are just flying around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, you know, you know, you know, the scum of villainy of Mos yeah. Eisley <laughs> Spaceport. And we get a little bit of that sometimes in Star Trek, like when you go to K-7, and, and you get some episodes like this where you kind of see civilian ships, so to speak, that are just kind of like, and people just colonizing planets. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like that's a thing where ships just like kind Old of shed, really. which is pretty much, again, how America kind of, developed you know first people just kind of came across on the mayflower or whatever and they came to the united states where it wasn't even united states just america or you know the new world and then once people started to move out west and they you know they put all their stuff and they always brought a piano with them because every western movie there's always a piano in the uh, stagecoach seems like (laughs) like really like of all the things you're bringing with you you're bringing like a one-ton piano like a you know 800 pound thing in your stagecoach (laughs) just bring more like food just in case you you know have a bad winter you know yeah so that's probably does it for for, well we don't have the uh for our next episode when we come back will be what little girls are made of yep and uh so what little girls are which is a nurse uh, the first real heavy nurse chapel we've seen nurse chapel before but Mm -hmm. this is a great exposition story for nurse chapel um there's some really I, I watched this episode last night. I can't wait to get to it because I really I like this episode a lot. Yeah, let me just see what the episode after that would be. That would be Miri. Oh well, I don't like that episode. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. There's some it's, lazy stuff on that episode. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of best episode with kids, right? Yeah, it it's got like a moral message, but you know, when we get to it we'll like, yeah. you know, we kind of get into like the Peter Pan yeah. sort of thing. It's an interesting episode because of the disease aspect of it and yeah. and you know, like kind of the the consequences of the adults making bad decisions, so to speak. Mm. So there's a bigger story with that. Um you know, like that's a weird episode because they're like, I can't, it, like they're there a while. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that happens on that episode. You know, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to unpack in that episode. It's a different type of episode. Yep. But so, what, and okay. if you got any feedback on either of those episodes, remember what's the that's email again? Double Fist Punch Podcast at yahoo.com. Um, follow our socials. Yep. Follow our socials. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. Now that I have my yeah, cosplay yeah. outfit, I might make a video. Yeah. If I can find some time. Yeah. Look. Let's uh, make videos and now. I'll go home and <laughs> drink my sarian brandy and.
this and then I find a better glue because <laughs> I just broke the glue. But all right. So well, thank we'll you. See you next Great time. Episode. Thanks for producing, Johnny. Yes, thank you as always to Julian. Uh, I am Rick. This and is I am Rich. Rich. Yes, and uh, remember. Oh God! Well, I don't know what we're doing. Bye. Bye.